I think the biggest tip I can give is like not to care about all the opinions because if you can't just care about every opinion, then you're literally not gonna do anything. We're back after, for me at least, after some vacation time off the grid. Had a great time. Sean, look, I see you got a nice haircut, looking fresh. Yeah. yeah. When we're going to talk a little bit about your your trip, where did you go? I went to the interior to the Rally Fallen uh, Nature Reserve. There was actually no reception at all for four days. How did and it, it took us like the, the trip to get there was like a five hour bus ride and then a three hour boat ride. And we had the boat ride in a storm. Okay. Okay. That's a nice experience. So it how, was it, was. how was it for four days not having any access to internet? It was great kind of uh, liberating everyone should do it every once in a while you know that there, you got your phone but basically it's just to take some photos how much was the fear of missing out on where the location for fecon was you really had to go there didn't you yeah I, of course <laughs> i mean you, you can't sugarcoat it and say like yeah oh it's all beautiful we, we want to know like if something is close to an addiction how how do you cope when you don't have it I, I took my piece with it in the morning, like, okay, yeah, we're traveling, we're departing early. The announcement is until later in the day. All right, no, no point in worrying about it. I'll get on it first thing I get back or get reception, check where it is. And it's in uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. So that's exciting. But enough about me. Our guest right, is waiting. Right. So we're starting about a bit later today. This is some logistic, but that doesn't deter the fun. So, Shanluk. So our, our, guest. our guest is very, I, I wonder if our guest, when's the last time, or I guess it's going to be the first question we're going to ask him, when was the last time he took a social media cleanse? Uh, our guest for today is, is someone who I consider a, a friend. We've met years, years ago, back when we met, he was, he had a number one song. He had a number one song on the local radio and also in the Netherlands. Uh, he was also on one of the Dutch charts. He was also had a number one song with Pukushani. And he's someone who spends a lot of time investing in social media, especially Facebook, but now also on other platforms. He recently re released a new, I can't call it an album, I can call it an uh, EP, uh, three songs. And his screen behind the scenes just went dark. So I'm not sure if we're ready to introduce him or we have to wait a second. In the meantime, Gregory says the audio and video is great. And the other Gregory says, so which one is the first Gregory and which one is the second Gregory? But uh, Gregory Radorf says, uh, I need my green tea. So he will be right there. Yeah, the first Greg is the one that always does our you know, audio yeah. and video checks. And uh, while we wait for Shaq to get back, I think this is a good time to announce it as well with uh, since Gregory is here. We released the first episode of Capital Convos last week, so we didn't really 
push or publish anything but if you go on the website right now the first episode of capital convo should be live we talked about minimum wage a bit here and there and we'll be releasing the few next episode in the next coming weeks and with that being said checks back and let's get it on so without any further interruption let's introduce our guest for today Shek.sr. Can you hear us clearly, Shek? Hello, 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 guys. So, I, I think. How are you guys doing? Well, we're 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 kind of happy that we're finally able to start the show. But the first question that we have to ask you is: When was the last time that you went off grid and wasn't on social media for a period of more than one day? So that was a very long time ago. I guess. So basically, you haven't had any of that. That's like maybe years back. That really years back. How how often do you? No, not really. How often do you post a day? At this point, I don't think I can imagine. Maybe on my Facebook, it can range between fifteen and twenty posts, maybe in a day. That's like a normal day. Fifteen and twenty, and then, one day. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. that, Diego? Yeah. No, just, just walk, walk me through it. What can I imagine in these 15 to 20 posts on Facebook alone? On these Facebook posts alone, I just, I think I'm just venting. So anything that comes to mind, I just post. Maybe most of the time it's funny stuff, but it can also be serious stuff. It can also be my music related. It can be work related if I have to post something for a client. So it can be like a mix of a lot of things. Okay, so it's a combination of not just your personal thoughts, but the work, the clients, etc. that you combine it into. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but mostly it's my personal stuff. That's what really gets the people going. So well, when we talk about personal stuff, is it more like uh, just, just your raw thoughts, text, do you add any images, videos, memes? How do you go through that? Yeah, so like the couple of days i i reevaluated how my facebook is going and most of the time i really see that like if something is a trending topic most of the time people would like to know my opinion on it so they already know like wait this thing happened so we gotta wait for the shag joke about it so that those are most of the things that go viral but other times i can just sit and think about any funny stuff and just think like hey let me just post this right now how important are the stats for you like if if is there a certain amount of reactions that gives a satisfaction or a certain amount of shares that you feel like okay this this post ranged in the kind of prediction that i was aiming for i don't have an exact like on the likes or on the comments but if a post doesn't get like a minimum of 10 shares, I don't think it'll stay on my profile. That's kind of an, uh, a high threshold, isn't it, Diego? Yeah. So does that mean you like uh, cleanse your like uh, your wall, your timeline every now and then from uninteresting yeah. posts? Daily. I, I, daily. So like if I post something right now, then I'll check it back maybe like in an hour maybe give it a two hour max. And if it doesn't have like a minimum of 10 shares, I literally just press hide from timeline. I won't delete the post 
people can still enjoy it if it pops up in their feed, but I will hide from timeline. This is quite interesting. But I, I want to make a quick side side note here, Sean. Look, if I may, because we're we're on that hotline of you know logging everything online, even if it's terrible, even if it doesn't perform well with Hive and everything. And Shaq here is like very carefully curating his timeline, his wall like, to maximum performance to everything. So Shaq, what do you think about this decentralized everything on uh, a blockchain recorded on history, recorded in history on the internet, not being able to be removed, but for everyone to see if it's good or bad either way. What do you think about that? I don't really like it. Like, I don't know it, but the way you make it sound, I don't really like it because I have this thing that when people click on my profile, I want them to see the best. So, like, if you come on my profile, the first post has to get you already. So, like, when you scroll through four or five posts, you already know, like, I got to follow this guy. But if you come on my page and I have a few posts that did less, you might say, like, eh, he's funny on a good day. <laughs> This is really... so. So Diego, one of the interesting things is like there's a certain group in, in which X operates. And I mean, Surinamese people are very much with the reactions. They don't just like a post. If it's funny, they give a haha reaction. And these guys get like a couple of hundreds ha-has per post and kind of get upset when somebody actually just likes a post. Yeah. So just just to give an Like, at what point did you guys realize, and you, of course, for yourself, at what point did you realize, like, wait a minute, people actually do really give the proper reaction to a post, which is meant, is meant. and what kind of feeling does it have when you have, like, 110 ha-has, and there is somebody, just somebody, that isn't playing close attention and is just liking the post? Yeah, but why would you just like the post? Like, why? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just a question. Yeah. Okay, so like, I have a lot of friends like in the group that uh, Sean Luke is talking about. And maybe they take it a step further than I do most of the time because a few of them do go over to deleting that person or blocking or just blocking that person but i don't really go over to like blocking a person or mentioning the person like because you can ask the person to like remove their like but i really don't have that time but i really don't like when somebody would just if everyone is putting a haha reaction why would you put a like like it doesn't even make sense it's like if i would put a very serious post And somebody and somebody would just put a haha reaction. You just don't do that, right? I, I always think for it's for example, a, it's a if I put a sad pose and I said, "Yeah," so put a haha reaction, it wouldn't make sense. So, like, if you saw a funny pose, why would you just say like, "I like it"? If you like it, then you would laugh and then you would put a haha reaction. So, please take note to that, people. Haha reactions only. Why would you put a like? We actually have our first viewer question. So that comes from, from Gregory. I'm not sure if he wants to be called Gregory 1 or Gregory 2. But Gregory wants to know, how do you deal with quote-unquote haters? 
so like in the beginning it was a process to like know how to manage those kind of things but i guess through the years i just learned from experiences in the beginning you'll take it maybe personal and say like yeah maybe you want to reply on on people but in a like mad way and say like yeah these people are hating and and stuff like that but i've had a few phases with with dealings with with haters because in the first phase i wanted to like react angry maybe react in the comments but then i had a phase where i just maybe somebody said something and everybody already knows me from making jokes so i would just like make a joke of the person because most of the time they try to bully you so in that phase of of my life i would try to bully them back and then it would be a battle like who's the more funny person in the end mostly i won but that didn't give me the satisfaction that i was looking for so i think i i found more satisfaction in just leaving it be and just minding my own business at the end of the day the thing that you're doing it's not that everybody should like you so All right, it seems uh, Shaq is having some technical issues with the internet. Hooray to our providers, but uh, while we wait for him to reconnect, Gregory The Gregories have another question. <laughs> we'll throw that in uh, once he gets back. Sorry about that. I I do want to ask you this question, Diego. Um, yeah. What is your perception on on influencers in Suriname at the moment? That is exactly one question I was uh, aiming to ask Shaq okay. but uh, as he's reconnecting okay. here so, we could we could go into this straight away okay, uh, let's, let's, let's finish up Greg's question so let's finish up Greg's question Diego go ahead yeah you were saying about the the haters now nowadays you just you know let it go you let it be kind of uh, past that phase yeah just, and he quickly follows up all right So he follows up that question is can you distinguish a hater from someone who's just critical so how do you recognize critical feedback compared to just a hate comment I think like it's it's very hard other people would might say that it's hard to tell the difference but because I'm on the internet as much as I am sometimes I can set I can read the tone of the comment like the way it's written i would know like wait this person is is really on to something or this person just wants to let other people see that they're like correcting you on something but then gaining a little hype for themselves in in that fact because some some of the times maybe they do have a valid point but there are also a lot of people who have valid points and who would just let it slide on the timeline and would just send you a private message and say like hey next time watch out for that and even if i'm not like how would i say it like even if if i don't think that what you're saying is really really valid just the fact that you did it in the dm and you didn't try to shame me in front of everybody else i think i would respect you more and then i know like okay this is not somebody trying to hate on me or like trying to break my hype or something this is really somebody who wants to show me something that i so can't So i do have to later. ask this question now 
do you occasionally have people that comment on your post for clout, like trying to constantly put in clever comments and reactions to your post for them to gain more following as well? Yeah, that, that happens so often. But then again, like I have my days where I'm like, okay, I will give them their place. They can do their thing. But I also have days where I would put a post and then in the post, I might even have five to six comments of myself. Like maybe if I have one main joke, then I already have six sub jokes about that. So if I already made five or six jokes about my own joke, it doesn't leave very much space for somebody else to, to come make a joke about it. So thinking of the topic that we were discussing uh, when you just jump quickly jumped out, where do you feel, what is the general perception about influencers in Suriname? Where do you feel we are right now? And also what is the biggest misconception people have about uh, being an influencer? I think that I, I really think they hate us. They, and actually a few people really hate us. But I think they hate us because they really don't understand what we're doing, I guess. I guess when you're telling somebody that you're an influencer in their head, it's like, oh, okay, so you're just a guy who thinks you are better than us, that we want to see what you're doing throughout your day and that you are so popular and then you have your phone and you flop your life. And it's really not that because all of the other influencers I know and me myself included, we, we're just normal people. And at the end of the day, it's other people who like tell us like, hey man, you have an interesting life. Maybe you should share it with other people. And then you just start doing that. And maybe when you start to show a little bit of your life, you see how people react and then you roll into it. So I guess they don't get what we're doing. So that's why they react the way they do. So I don't really blame them because maybe we as influencers didn't really take the time to let the people know like what we're doing. So like, that's why most of the time when I do some like influencer stuff, I try to break it down to the max so that the mass also understands like, oh, that's what he does. He's the guy from the jingles. He's the guy from the commercials. He's the guy that does promotion for that company. Because at the end of the day, I need them to understand what I'm doing and that it's not just, yeah, he does nothing with his life. He just sits at home and posts stuff. How does he get money for that? Yeah, speaking of that, do influencers, I'll comment on that question as well in a bit. But on the money part, people see you, you know, with your phone, recording your life. Do influencers actually make money here? Can you attest to having to having a full-time career as an influencer? Or do you say like most of the professional incomes come from, you know, marketing and under other types of business? I can't, I can't like talk for other influencers, but for myself, I would say you can make a full-time career out of it at to some point, but it's the way you would handle your business and it's the way you would handle your brand. And those things are very important when being an influencer. So like, 
you have two sides. You can have people coming to you and say, hey, you're an influencer, right? Can you promote my brand? Can you promote my product or something like that? And if you, you are on the money part, you might as well say like, hey, yeah, everybody can just come and you can promote everybody. And that will have a certain amount of hype and you will have a certain amount of money. But very soon you'll get to know and you'll see that your hype or your fame might slowly die out because your brand doesn't hold any value. And that's some that's that's probably the most, I think, important thing as an influencer to just stick to your true self. Because when you stick to your true self, then you stand for something. And when you stand for something, you will add value to yourself. And the more value you add to yourself, the more you're worth and the more people will want to pay you. And then you can have a high range and then you can press, like not really press, but then you can like, you have leverage. And then you can like, if a big company wants to work with you, then you can just say like, hey, I don't want to do a single post, but let's do a year contract. Let's do six months. And that way you can guarantee yourself from a certain amount of money in the coming six months or the coming year. And then everything else that you do besides that, that's just extra cash. So it's basically like a job. Got it. So in terms of influencers, to get onto that question as well, because Sean looked asked it to me as well. I think there's two parts to this. The first one is, you know, to distinguish or define what influencers are. And... In in Shaq's case, I think the influencer is more someone who, you know, for, for the masses and an individual who people look up to uh, a spokesperson, a brand ambassador or, or whatever to reach the masses, uh, a, a mass audience. And on the, on the flip side, the influencers are also, in my opinion, individuals who have a certain sway over topics, companies, issues, and this can influence not just people's buying behavior, but uh, thinking behavior and other types of behavior. And I don't consider myself an influencer, but I have heard people call me an influencer in the, you know, in, in the IT space or whatever space, uh, kind of digital creator. So I, I don't see myself in in the same type of category that checks it and i don't i i generally don't see myself as an influencer in general but i do know i i am aware that uh, certain groups of people do take what i say or how i react to certain stuff seriously in a certain way depending on you know what what actions i take or what i say and it's maybe a smaller group, but it's a group in a very specific category, for example, be it business, investing, or entrepreneurship in that range. Those are the fields I generally operate more in. And it's not personally the, the mass audience, the consumer behavior that's kind of being influenced. So if we're talking about the state of influencers in Suriname and we're talking about mass influencers, then yeah, I, I, I would agree with Shaq in that case that uh, there's kind of a, a disconnect that people see them as kind of celebrities but cele- celebrities that don't have kind of other types of business to be fairly honest basically an influencer now is a celebrity in the 90s there isn't yeah. that much of a difference i like that check talked about leverage because i do think leverage is important and with leverage comes skill 
because you have a certain skill, because there is something that you're good at, what people appreciate you, that gives you a certain leverage as well to talk with companies saying like, listen, my rate is a little bit higher than that and mm -hmm. we just have to talk about it, otherwise I'm not going to do it. And I think most people that really knock on influencers who kind of show hatred towards influencers are either people that don't have influence or they have less influence than they would like to have. So they kind of look at an influencer say like, I kind of, not even in a jealous way, but in a, in a disconnected way, like not understanding like why that person has so much influence and the person having critic doesn't have that amount of influence. And I think that's that's something to, to take into consideration. But getting back to the leverage part and the skills part, Gregory has a very interesting question here, Ashek. Do you see yourself as a stand-up comedian? I get that question often when people ask me, and I don't get that question if I, I don't get the question if I see myself as a stand-up comedian. I get the question differently. I get the question if I ever thought about doing stand-up comedy. And for now, to answer her question, I don't see myself as a stand-up comedian, but I do see myself as somebody who would be able to do stand-up comedy. And the reason I didn't do stand-up comedy up to this point is just because I, I'm just saving it for some time later. Right now I'm pursuing a music career because I prefer music over comedy, but I have this idea about my, my life, my career saying that if I don't, if I'm not at a certain point with my music that I want to be at maybe my thirties then I'll probably just keep doing music, but not pursue it in the same way. But then it still leaves the position open to do like comedy because nobody cares if you're 40 doing comedy. Nobody but if you're a 50-year-old rapper or a musician, but, uh, I get... Yeah, if you're a 50-year-old rapper still trying to make it to the top, then it, it really sounds not cool. So right now I'm giving the music like a little space, just doing my thing. And then we'll just see what it is. But the stand-up comedy is always the backup. I have a lot of other backups, but the stand-up comedy is there with all the other ones. Like, hey, I can always do that. So with music as your focus now, and I'll quickly bring up this question. So let's talk a bit about the, the music career that you're focusing on right now, slash being an influencer. Has the other jingle Kung Fu Master Harald Kessler ever commented on any of your jingles i remember me and him having like a conversation about it because we met at i guess it was city pop and wait a minute let me just plug this thing in right yeah okay i remember meeting him at at city pop i guess because we were both finalists and he said hey man you're the guy from the jingles right i said yeah but you're the guy from the big jingles and he said no you're doing it good man keep keep doing whatever whatever you're doing i like that you're bringing a new vibe to like the jingle business and that was about it we didn't have like a deep deep conversation but the mutual respect was there me as a youngin coming up in the game i i gave him his props as the legend he is and it was nice to see that he gave me my respects back also as the legend he is to say like, hey, I respect what you're doing. So it was so really nice. If you'd compare making jingles, competing or, you know, participating in Siri Pop, 
but also making independent music uh, with the uh, record labels as the, the modern day individuals do it. How do, how, how do they compare to you and what's the one you find most interesting? I think the one I find most is interesting to like speak on that first, I think is just like making music because with that, there, there are no barriers. Like I can just do whatever I want. Most of the time I don't do what I want because that's not always the smart way to go, but I can do what I want. And I guess with where it, where the comparisons come, I guess it's with the barriers. Like with jingles, you have different barriers that you have to work within. And let's say for Suri Pop, I can't say the things I would say in a normal song because the audience is all also different. When I make a jingle, I have to think corporate. I have to think, how are we going to sell this? It has to be clear. It has to be direct. But when I make a song, just like my own song, I can be more free and I can say all the things I want as long as I stand accountable for what I sing. And at Suri Pop, that's like maybe for an older generation. So a few things that I would be willing to say in my own music, you probably won't say it that way in a Suri Pop song, for example. I think we're just going to continue with the questions from the, from the viewers as well. Jeff also has a question. Do you have the ambition to be a relationship counselor or a, a therapy, a, re, a relationship counselor as the ex, with experience or experience expert? Because recently they, you gave some advice to people on relationships as well. So you talk about the part of the part as part of it about the influencer career. So Jeff just wants to know, like, is that something? Because maybe you can, for the people who are a little less familiar with your work, there's also a combination of fun, but then there's also no. the live sessions. And like I've been in live sessions where you just talk about stories that you've experienced, like living in Suriname. But sometimes you also go a little bit more into to serious topics. Yeah. You even, br even bring guests in to talk about these topics. Do you see a career in, in counseling as well? I, would, I wouldn't say yes, because... I wouldn't count myself as like a professional like counselor or that I know everything. I'm more of the guy that just comes on my platform and that's also what I'm telling the people like I'm not telling you what to do and I'm not telling you that this is the way. I'm just the guy that ju that's just a normal guy but maybe I have like 20,000 followers but that doesn't make me more of a guy than you are. And we're just coming out along together in my live video and we're just going to talk about stuff. Just like I have a conversation with my friends or you guys. And if maybe something comes to mind about what you said, I will probably react to it just as a normal conversation. And sometimes it can sound convincing or it can be a fact because I do watch a lot of like counseling programs on YouTube. I, I do a lot of reading, watching a lot of document documentaries and stuff like that and on human behavior. So a few of the things is what I picked up just doing my own thing. So if I can just pass that little knowledge on that I have, I, I'm willing to do that, but not maybe in a professional way, because at the end of the day, I might as well don't want to be held accountable for the things 
that I I'm telling people because I'm not literally giving so you, professional advice. You should put advice. in the disclaimer. This and is not actually, relationship advice. <laughs> yeah, so, so like no professional advice is given here. So like maybe yeah, it's not that serious because you know me, Sean Luke. Like I'm I'm a mood swinging person. So like today I can be in a very serious vibe. And we can talk about relationship stuff, and we go way deep in a conversation. But tomorrow, maybe you see me go live again, and you're watching, and that's what you're expecting. And I'm having a whole live show, wearing costumes, and just doing karaoke and stuff. So, like, with me, I I just want to be unpredictable. Like, they never get it, and that's. That's part of like this is the first time I'm saying this, but that's part of what holds my value also high because most of the time they can't predict me. Like, if somebody gives me a product, they're like, "Yeah, can you promote this for us?" And then most of the time, the way I'm promoting it, that's not the way that they saw in their head because that's that that factor that I have, the unpredictable factor. It it can go a lot of ways and. I think that's just something that we should learn to do more because I used to think a lot in a box, like it has to be this way, it has to be that way. But I saw that the more I'm just doing me, whatever I'm feeling, just to go with the flow. Yeah, I was just, just about to ask: Can better. that be learned? If you were advice, not professional advice, if you had. To suggest an an approach for someone to you know be unpredictable or be predictably unpredictable. There's actually a book called Predictably Unpredictable yeah. that's still on my reading list that I need to read. But how would you yourself suggest someone approach that to think that way or to look look for options that are not you know mainstream or common? I think since the influence of like the internet and social media got bigger everyone got a voice because if you have like a facebook page you have a voice in the world and maybe it doesn't happen to everybody but you can just say something and literally like 4000 people can like it they like they're like yeah i'm with this guy i agree with what he's saying so you, everyone has a voice right now And if everyone has a voice, everyone has an opinion. And we as people, we grew into that place where everyone's opinion just got so much bigger and then we're scared of people's opinion. So I think the biggest tip I can give is like not to care about all the opinions because if you can't just care about every opinion, then you're literally not going to do anything. let's say for me for example like i'm a rapper and like for the people that know my music i can have like the commercial side of my music where i'm singing all about the happy stuff and all the other things but i also have a side where i want to be the cool rapper and i have bars and i might even challenge another rapper i have that side of me but still I might just go live and do karaoke songs and sing love songs and wear costumes not even caring about whoa but the guys or the people that listen to the macho side of Shaq they won't like this as much as much because 
that's not something that a cool rapper would do. So like when you like pass those barriers, like, hey, I really don't care about what they're going to say. You either like it or you don't. That's when new things happen. Because when I did, for example, that live, also new doors opened for me because I just started one day and I said, I'm going to do it. And like three lives after that, one of the biggest companies called me, emailed me and said, hey, we want to we want you to do such a life on our platform. How much is it going to cost? So like if I thought about the other people's opinion, I would have missed out on that opportunity. So that's the biggest tip I can give. <laughs> we have a comment here that jumps into it. Gospel songs are for eternity. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Quincy, by the way. Yeah, go, I, I don't. I don't think gospel songs only are I don't think gospel songs only are for eternity. I really think just like music in general is is for eternity because we're now in 2021 and I might just listen to a song of the 80s that I don't even knew those people like maybe they they're even dead but you can still listen to their music. So I think just music in itself is for eternity. And that's why I like to make music. So we're we're gonna ask a question. I'm not sure who this guy is. Maybe Shaq, you've heard of him. Fera, I'm not sure if you know this guy. But is acting in movies or series something you see yourself that's doing in the future? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And for the people that don't know, that's my that's my big cousin. And he knows, he knows that that acting is one of the biggest things I would like to pursue. I came a few times to a point in my life where I actually said that I like acting more than music, but that's like not the side that people saw as much of me because here in Suriname, there is not really a big acting scene. So there, there aren't a lot of spots that you're going to get, but the very few like acting parts that I can get a hold of, I cherish them dearly. So acting is surely something that i want to pursue but maybe like in another country or like in europe or America i think one of the conflicts like you would have a lot of acting gigs here are also in commercials and it kind of like wouldn't fit in with you kind of already being known for jingles and then also appearing in in, in commercials as i think you still do it there are a couple of com com companies that were in from the beginning that you do provide that too but i think it would it could be weird in some cases seeing yeah. you like act in a in a commercial uh, of another company that's different from the, the companies that your your voice is known for so funny yeah, yeah i i do quickly want to give uh i like i said i do want to quickly give a shout out to quincy and he mentions surifatu i think we should definitely have a talk about that quincy as well for those of you that don't know so maybe I would love to hear from your perspective. What what's your when you look back at at, at Surifatu? What's what's your quick take on on what Surifatu the experience was like for you? The experience was was how can I say it? Like it's not to be taken as as exactly for especially for me, it's not to be taken as a, as a small thing because Surifatu actually changed my life because. A lot of people ask me how I got into the influencer stuff. And it's really because of Surifatu that I got into the influencer side. Because before that, I was just an artist. 
So like, picture this, I'm an artist and Sean Luke contacts me. He says, yeah, we're doing this thing, Surifatu, come join. And I joined, I, I was like, okay, I brought my big cousin. We went just to see what it was. And then that's also the place where I got to like create more of myself, like to elevate my, my acting skills because that's where I got to show the other side of, of myself. And then I, at that point I knew like, this is what I want to do also in my life. And from that point on, we like connected with other companies and started doing like little skits or little commercials and stuff like that. And that's just where the motor started mostly for me and Look at where we're now. So I, I wouldn't say it was a small part of my life. I think so that was So for those of you don't that don't know, life. especially for Diego, uh, do you remember the story of the of the homeless the homeless guy? Like with so there's a there's a funny story, <laughs> Diego. Because so I I kind of for me personally right now I'm a little bit upset with the introduction to Shaq because I might have mentioned that he's a number one artist or that he had a number one single together with with Feira. They had a number one single in Suriname and in the Netherlands. And he has a very big career. He's already one of considered the the, the jingle prince of, of, of Suriname, having, I don't know how many commercials you've, you've been on, but there is also another story. So maybe you can share that story as well, Shaq, since we're, we're talking about the Sirifatu thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I I did a lot of things with music. Like as Sean Luke said, I I was 18 years old and was already a finalist in in city pop and having number one hits and stuff like that. So like, this guy approached me in in the in a store, and he just said, "Yeah, ma," in like in Dutch. He said, "Yeah, mom, I I know this guy. I know him." And she was like, do you know him? So I'm, I'm like, yeah, he probably knows me. Like, I make music and I do a lot of stuff. So maybe from there. He's like, no, he's the homeless guy from Surifatu. Because in Surifatu, I have a character that I played in a sketch where I play a homeless guy. So for me, that was like the moment, like, whoa. Leave all the big things that I did in my life he's gonna recognize me for that little small part. But as as I said earlier, like Surifatu is not to be taken as a small thing because for that kid, the Surifatu thing is bigger than all the other things that I that I did in my life. And that's a really good way of looking at life because then you'll see that people have a lot of different perspective and they can love you from a whole other perspective than you thought that you could be loved. So cherish everything that you're doing because it might be big to somebody. Wow, out thanks there. for making that a motivational story. I I just wanted to add that actually my wife, I wanted to play a homeless person in a movie, and my wife was like, Shalik, you shouldn't do that. People should know you for for your business and not for being the homeless guy in the movie. So it kind of <laughs> fired me on, on that one. Yeah. Wow. But now that, that you experience that as well, because you do have a serious side as well, how, how hard is it to balance between exactly. the comedy 
and the, the fun side of Shaq, but also the more business, more serious side of you as well. I, I would say it's really hard because like the people that know me, like we can be in a really, really serious like meeting or something. And if the joke comes to mind, I will probably throw it in there. Even if it's only corporate people sitting with their suits and faced all sit with their face all serious, I might as well just throw the joke in. Sometimes it's it's good, not all the time, but I learned to live with those moments because like I said earlier, at the end of the day, just be you because maybe being me got me into that meeting. So why would I try to be someone else? If I'm in that meeting, just be yourself. And sometimes I might learn how, like, I can try to be like, hey, here I have to be more serious, or like, yeah, this is a more free space. I can make jokes now, but that would be like so forced and not organic or like freely. So just be you man as a situation come you. to mind where that has happened where it kind of backfired you're forcing yourself to be or the joke was too far ahead that they found it inappropriate not not really i, I don't have a specific one but i think there there were multiple times that i maybe made a joke and i said something so like maybe somebody said something and the way he pronounced it or he said it in an incorrect way and I might like correct him or say something about it. And maybe, maybe they won't say anything, but you see the look that they give you like, yo, this is not the time for, for this. So maybe in those times it backfired because then the energy might shift in the meeting, but sometimes- well, But you still got a job, right? Or, or the, so, the, the deal. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I still got. The so job, in that case, so it doesn't matter. Job, but maybe that wasn't the moment to. Yeah. So As you said before, don't don't, don't don't worry about the opinions because they approach you for who you are. So that's what they gotta deal with. I kind yeah. of agree with that. Full <laughs> well. Uh, Jeff has another question for you here. Tough my question. Oh my, Tough question. What a story. What an answer. And the question is, what do you prefer, becoming like big in music or as an influencer? So which phone call will you answer? I think music because because music is what got me to be an influencer. As Sean Luke said earlier, like as an influencer, you have something that that the people like they're interested in. And with me, like I became the influencer and I had a, a very huge head start, maybe in difference than if I look at other influencers, because I already had a crowd who knew me from music. So they knew like music is his core. And with the influencer side, we only incorporated more of myself, like my my funny self. So now they just got to love me for, oh, he's the funny guy who makes music. Oh, he's just the, the cool guy. Yeah, he always likes to make joke. He's just the chill guy. He's the funny guy who makes music. So I think I would always prefer the music because the music is what what has gotten me here. I think if I would choose the influencer side, then maybe the music would drop. Then I would fully have to rely on being funny and being a comedian. And I don't think I'm there yet. I know I'm funny and I can be funny, but 
I know that to be like a professional comedian, you have to put in more work. And right now I just put in lots and lots of hours into the music side. So it would not be a wise decision to pick anything over the music so side. So what would be the point. holy grail for you in music? Would it be a award? Would it be a performance on a certain stage? What stage would that be? What is the thing that you would say like, this is going to be the, the, the phone call, like, Ma, I made it kind of situation that you would say like, this is something that if I make it there, that's, that's something I will cherish forever. I really haven't thought about that, like that precise. It's not that I haven't a sort of amount of like money that I should have or that I should win an award because I don't, I think those things are temporary because I think the things I strive for, I think are, if I reach the moment that I can fully live on my music, and not just like live day by day, but I can like really live for my music. People might as well not even call it rich yet, but I know like I have a stable income and I have this much fans. I have a core fan base that can always, I can rely on them with merch or, or my music. Even if it's about 50,000 people or 100,000 people that just, they're dedicated like, die-hard fans, I, I think I'm good. It's not that I don't strive for more, but if I'm there, I'm like, yeah. So now I don't have to worry about how many hours I'm making in the studio because I know what I'm doing it for. Right now, I'm putting a lot of hours in the studio, but it's the gamble. Like, will this pay off? But if I know, like, this already paid off, then, Looking then at the music industry here in Suriname in general, you are, you know, one of the popular, you have, you've had number one hits, uh, pretty popular. You also have the influencer background. And you've mentioned that from what you've said, you currently, if you only do music, you won't be able to fully sustain yourself. How big is the gap for musical artists here in Suriname to get to that stage, do you think? I think the gap is, it's like, so how should I say it? Like the scene, the music industry right now in, in Suriname, it's not fully developed yet. So there are ways to make money, but it's like not a free space where everyone can just like move into. There are certain guidelines, like you have the performing artists. So like they are like maybe booked every weekend. So what, what those guys are doing, like if they're booked every weekend, it's actually like a practice. So if I go to this like gig I have, they will play a certain song. They see how the people react to that song. They go to another gig, they play that same song again, they see how the people react to the song. So like maybe they have like a repertoire of like five songs. They can spot the one song in like maybe two, three months. Like, hey, this is the song the people like the most. But in that span of two, three months, they already got money from those gigs. So those gigs are already summing up a certain amount of money. So like maybe they made from those gigs in two, three months, he made like 15, 20,000. 
Now with that 50, 20,000, and he already knows what song the people like, he can go into the studio and record that one song. And when he records that one song, he makes a video clip, even if he spends like 7,000 SRDs on the song, he still made a profit of 13,000 because he already made the money out of the gig. And now he's gonna make more money with that same song again because now the people got the song that they wanted but that's more cut out for like maybe the caseco bands or the kabula bands or the guys making dancehall music but maybe like for rappers it's it's much difficult to to like get gigs or things like that because we have a small population so let's say we have a half a million people from those for that have, let's say like the Chinese, they won't listen to like the urban rap that we make. So that cuts out a few people. Maybe a few people in Nikeri will say we will not listen to that. And then you have, so you keep cutting out, you keep cutting out people. At a certain amount, you're gonna come to a certain space where maybe you just make music for like 20,000 people. And maybe not all of those 20,000 will like it. And that's where we're at a little bit with maybe like urban music and rap music. Because the Surinamese people, they prefer maybe the Kaseko music because that's what they know. Because they stick to what they know or like dancehall music. So that's maybe the shift we're in right now for the urban artists. But there are ways to make money, let's say like in... Suriname with with music but like for the urban artists or the rappers or the people like myself I would advise them more like focus on international things that you can achieve and then maybe when we achieve those things then we can bring that crowd back to Suriname and then when then we can convince Surinamese people also like hey what we're doing can work and then we can change the system and build up the industry so that's like the main goal right now so we're not trying to change the system within but i think you're only going to be able to change the system from the outside yeah i was about to ask what would it take to break out outside the borders of Suriname, and what, where would the i guess the the ideal or the next biggest crowd be? Would it be the Netherlands? Would it be Latin America, States, and specifically in your genre with rap and etc.? I think most people like from Suriname would quickly grasp to say the Netherlands. And I used to be also in that box, but the last cup, the last year, to say exact, I made a switch to say like, hey, the world is open. Like, when we see platforms as TikTok, we see like people don't even care anymore where you're from. As long as they can get a little bit of what the song's about, even if it's not fully English, but maybe you just mix your own language just with a little bit of English, just so that they can understand the song. It can be a hit everywhere. Like we can just sit here and I maybe have a hit in Greece or Russia or something like that. So. I think I don't think there's a specific place, but like for me, example, I'm like these days I'm I'm playing a little bit more with Afro music. So the places I'm looking at are more like Africa, but also the Caribbean. But 
don't get it twisted because Afro is also, a, a, for example, a big thing in, in the UK or someplace like that. So the world is very open. So I'm not like focusing on one place right now. I'm just focusing on that people outside hear me because right now that's that that's the goal. So that brings me closer to where I want to be right now to just like have people from the outside. I'm also playing a little bit with French music. So it can go either way. Like we never know. Music is a feeling. And if you can connect people with that feeling, it doesn't matter where they are or okay, so where you come we from. We quickly want to, before we close it off, there are still some questions in the comments. And then we'll close it off with an uh, overrated, underrated, I think, Diego. That would be a good move, right? So quickly jumping in. I do like my rap music too, but it needs to be very, very lyrically good, not simply just play one at words. So actually, Gregory, we do want you to listen to Shaq's new songs because he made a change in that, and I'm really wondering whether or not this comment validates that or actually Shek's new songs destroy this argument as well. So that would be very interesting. A uh, question by Fiji is, if you had to choose in Suriname to be a music artist or uh, Olympic-level athlete, what would you choose? I think I would still choose music and not based on even the country where we're in. Because I used to do sports, but I just prefer music okay. over sports. So. Do you consider yourself a role model? And if so, is it difficult to live the life of a role model? I used to see myself as a role model. But maybe now, not so anymore. But I do get the point that people might still see me as the role model. The only thing that has changed is that maybe in comparison to the past, I do not try to live up to people's expectations anymore, but I just, like I said, I just do me. So maybe I am still a role model, but then the guy who's telling you to just be you. So maybe in that part, I'm the role model and the things that I do can influence people to do better or to do something different with their life. But I wouldn't come really on screen and say hey i'm a role model but i do get that people can see me awesome. and then a very model. interesting very in-depth question you can read it for yourself <laughs> why did you add the signature check line <laughs> to your city pop song i think that was my moment like to get them back just like i how i said like in comparison when making music i can be whoever i want i can say whatever i want I think with the city pop song, that was the moment, you know, the loophole where I got them. Like, hey, here's a song that I know you will like, but haha, here's the line that I wanted to bring in. So that that was really what that line was. Just me being myself in their little Okay, box. Diego, let's quickly introduce the overrated, underrated. Yeah, sure. I think we can do two each looking at the time and then we can close it up. So, first one for me, Spotify. So, so, uh, so what's the game? Yeah. About? So, over I, overrated, I, underrated. I, basically, I, we're gonna give you a topic, uh, a name, a business, whatever. Yeah. And then I should say if I find it overrated, overrated, underrated, underrated. obviously properly okay. rated is also an option. But you know, we like polarization. So, if you have a strong opinion. 
And do I have to explain why I say what I say? Or it would be I fun if you have a, a unique take on it to explain on it, to explain. So yeah, first one, Spotify. Yeah. You said Spotify. Overrated. Yeah. And I say, and I say overrated because everyone hypes Spotify and says, hey, get on Spotify. I myself find my, like I do that also like, Hey, stream my music on Spotify, but there are also similar platforms that do the same thing that Spotify do. A few of those platforms might as well even pay more out for one single stream than Spotify. So how can we not say that Spotify Got is it. overrated, but they're doing a good job though. They're, they're still doing a good job, but. I think people overrate them to put them above the other platforms. But does any alternative come to mind? Literally do the same thing. Yeah, gotcha. Apple Music, uh, right. Deezer. No title. I was expecting title. <laughs> yeah, title is also a, a a good platform, but I think title leans more to towards the exclusive side, with also the way it started. So that's why maybe title gets pushed back a lot because they're like the exceptional guys like hey we're doing this but these guys <laughs> want to be exceptional so maybe that's why title doesn't always come to gotcha. mind but title is also second one for me one. merchandise so like you're underrated underrated so like t-shirts having a pants yeah i i think we we came into an era right now where people don't get the value anymore of like having a cool shirt there was a time where if you had a cool shirt people would know that that's a cool shirt hey man you have a cool shirt but nowadays i think people maybe because a lot of people just started printing logos and stuff on t-shirts then everybody thought like yeah a, a shirt is not like a big thing anymore but i do think that merchandise is is very important because I myself am a fashion guy. So I would like to wear a cool shirt or a cool hat or maybe make my own merchandise to sell it to somebody because that's also a part of marketing and expanding your reach. Because if I put checkpoint asset on a shirt or something and you guys would wear it, people might as well ask like, hey, what is that? And then you can refer back to me and that will give me more streams and more money. So merchandise guys. <laughs> underrated so right now i'm gonna go with platforms and the first one i'm gonna do is instagram i think instagram is a little bit overrated because instagram gets so like they make it seem like it's this big platform but basically all you can do is just like post photos and you can do that also on facebook and you can post photos on Twitter. You can post photos on a lot of platforms. And let's take Facebook, for example. So like you can do the same thing you can do on Instagram, like with the photos, but you can also put text posts, which you cannot do on Instagram. So I really, and, and still you have people who like put Instagram above like Facebook, but I just think that Instagram has a better marketing than than facebook so that's why they get a little bit overrated but for sure for me instagram is overrated so the second one is in line with of course the past couple of years last one and a half year 
Oruyari, overrated or underrated? Underrated. Very underrated. I think that should be a much more bigger thing. Up till now, I think we as Surinamese people, we know what Oruyari is. And we have been living our life with Oruyari and like partying till there ain't no more stopping, like with the December hypes and Oruyari. But I think we should go a step further to like make it something in the world. So like people, it can attract other people because the vibe we have, people in all parts of the world, they should experience what we are experiencing on Oruyari because we have an exceptional way of partying and, and doing that. So like ending the year and I think more people in the world should know about that. It's very underrated at this moment. Agreed. It's a, yeah, it's a festival basically. So just like how people go to like, yeah. a, let's say a Coachella or somebody would literally book a flight to go to the carnival of like Curacao or Trinidad or something. Why can we make that an yeah, international every year, thing big that festival, people You know, kick off the new year with us. Yeah, exactly. Pagara festival and everything in downtown. <laughs> All right. With that being said, Shek, as we close off, so you already got uh, your brand Shek.sr, but to close it off, where can people find you? Where can people find your music? And what can people expect from you in the short term? So where people can find me, I think that if you've watched this interview, you might as well heard that I post to a minimum to 15 to 20 page posts in a day. So you can miss me on Facebook. On Facebook, you can just find me by my normal name, my government name, and that's Shaquille Marcus. You can just search that. You can also check my page on, on, on Facebook, that's Shaq.sr. On Instagram, I'm Shag.sr. On Twitter, I'm probably official Shag.sr. You can find me on TikTok, official Shag.sr. And you can just check my music. Just type in Shag.sr on YouTube or literally Google and you will see everything of me. My YouTube, the, the YouTube of Music Steroids, that's the label I'm signed to. And just like all the artists say, stream my music on Spotify. But we also went in that in the overrated, underrated. So I will say stream my music also on Tidal and Deezer and Apple Music. So just stream my music everywhere. I released a new EP just a few days ago, I guess. Dree Songs. It's a little Afro vibe. It's a new thing that I did. So just check it out. Hit me with your feedback. I would like to hear it. In this case... I'm open for everybody's opinion and I will just listen to whatever you're saying because it's a new thing that I did. So you can always tell me what can be better so that we can go abroad because I'm not just doing this for myself. A lot of people might as well skip past that point, but the dot SR in my name is not just because I want to be fun or just cool, but the dot SR in my name stands for Suriname. So I'm literally representing Suriname everywhere I go because if I make it big, they will ask in the big 
interview like what does the sr stand for and i can probably say that it stands for just like uh so i think that's the one thing you and sean look have in common here sean look sr and check that sr am i right sean look yeah i, I want to quickly mention something i'm not sure if you guys are aware of it i actually almost want to stream something now but there is an interesting fact that i do want to share about the dot sr name do you know which famous artist uses dot sr to promote his songs I'm, I'm gonna quickly share my screen and then of course for those who are listening to the audio version of this they can hear your reaction to this so i'm gonna share a video by a very famous international artist and when you scroll down you will see that he actually uses a dot sr name to promote his album on did you guys notice? The deal seems shady. <laughs> so actually, shady.sr is the label on which Eminem promoted his last album. So I think that's something that I do want to share in the show because we mentioned the .sr. And actually, I'm, one I'm of the actually biggest... curious how he got the domain because so, that's country locked, right? It's it's country luck, but I think there is. So I kind of tried to research this, and there's like an agency who tries to find short URLs for artists, international artists, to better promote their music. And for some reason, the .sr domain became popular, and we actually have shady.sr, which is being used to promote Eminem's music on. So that's something like just. Just something that I did want to share in, in, in this in this case. Yeah, no, awesome. I didn't didn't know about that one. Fun fact. Well, that's another tidbit for everyone. We are not that uh, unknown. But with that being said, Jack, thanks for coming on, having this convo with us. Yeah. Also, thanks for having me, man. I didn't think that my English would keep up for like an hour. It went. It hour, went really but... well. <laughs> I I, I I will give myself a pat on the back for this one. Like, we so you, you did great. Guys. You did awesome. Uh, and for everyone tuning in, thanks for the questions as always, especially Jeff and the Gregs. And uh, Greg also says, very proud of Shaq's drive. Keep going, man. Getting some compliments and some applause from the crowd here. And with that being said, everyone, this episode will be released on Saturdays on the podcasting platforms. As mentioned before in the beginning, Capital Compost is also being released uh, where we talk about finance, personal finance, financial education. So tune in for that. Episode two will probably be released tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So check that out. And Sean Luke, any final words? Then you can roll us out. Yes, of course. This podcast is also available on Spotify, just like Shaq's music is available on Spotify. So make sure to check it out. Check out Shaq's album. Actually, Tell me which of the three songs that Shaq just put out you like best. For me, there's no question. I have yeah. already streamed his third song already over a thousand mm -hmm. times already. But you just got a new fan as well, uh, Shaq. So for those of you who are not familiar with Shaq's last work, please check it out on Spotify. Shout that us are. Like Diego said, we were happy to have you all here. Not just Shaq, but also everybody watching, tuning in, and asking all the questions. Thanks for all the comments. This was Social Convos. See you next Tuesday.